Welcome to the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu podcast. My name is Kieran Lefebvre and I'm joined by my co-host, coach, mentor, <laughs> father figure, <laughs> Adam Childs. What's up, bruh? <laughs> 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 I bet you to it today. Yeah, Looking good, Kieran. What's happening? Man, just uh, living my life, living my life. I'm I'm suffering from a bit of the the old doms actually from from training from last night from the the two days. So Monday I had an, how, how how was last night's class? Oh, eh? it was it was pretty rough. Eh? <laughs> it was good. It was good. So for to fill our listeners in, uh, last night was a Tuesday, and we had a bit of a competition style class on our uh, six thirty class ish. Yeah, just essentially yeah, trying trying to get. People again. We, if you've listened to all the episodes, you'll know that we recently came out of lockdown in Sydney. Mm. So just trying to, you know, not dive headfirst in because that's yeah. a recipe for disaster. But we've been out of lockdown for a couple of weeks now, so yep. it's you know time to start easing back. Yeah, mm. getting the training back to the intensity that it was. So it was yeah. a bit more of a a competition style. Class. I, was, I was trying to explain to one of our our newer guys, like he's not new to jiu-jitsu, but he's new to our gym. I was like. Yeah, you wait. Like this, this was a yeah. Look, this was a bit, you know, a bit of a step up from the what what he's who, who used was to. This? this was Rob. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Rob. Yeah. One of our shout out to Rob. One of our new um, white belts. He's um, tough. Like yeah, yeah he's he, a tough, Rob, Rob tough actually guy. used to train with Lockie down at Absolute. Yeah, in, in yeah. Melbourne. So he's definitely not new. Um, <laughs> but but yeah. I was explaining how the competition competition classes run, and then I was like, yeah, man, that's that's real fucked. Well, yeah. I mean, last <laughs> last night's class, I would put as. Yeah, there were maybe a higher volume of roles than a mm. standard class, but I mean, it was a pretty what I consider a pretty standard class. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, I say that was a competition class, but yeah. it's like trying to build the team back up to where to they standard. were before we all essentially had a mandatory mm. three months off. Right? Yeah, exactly. So you're um, just to fill the listeners in, like one of because there's many different ways you run your competition classes, but one of the ways is you sort of the warm-up is five minutes each of uh, whatever you want to drill or just like a flow roll, something along those lines. Um, maybe you'll do one one warm-up technique sequence or, or just a standard warm-up either way. And then we pretty much go straight into rolls. It varies between, you know, what, what we're trying to work on. Uh, but generally they're about, you know, around that seven maximum 10 minute mark. And it will incorporate some form of point system. So usually, yeah. Cause I mean, if you're doing competition training, I mm. mean, you're preparing for competition jujitsu. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to depend on the competition. If you were about to go into some type of sub only comp, yeah. you're going to prepare, you're not going to care at all about the points, but yeah. if you're talking just your run of the mill jujitsu competition that are points based mm-hmm. and you better understand how the point system works, yeah. you know, I, I was victim to losing to, to opponents when I was at lower belts because I didn't necessarily completely understand the rules or the points and you yeah. give away points that you shouldn't have. So if you're fighting in that type of competition, you've got to prepare for it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, competition training is definitely a higher volume of roles, but it's usually always specifically designed. Like it's not as black and white as just, oh, yeah, like let's just roll, yeah. right? It's, you know – you're always trying to simulate something mm. that happens in the competition. So, for example, last night was the trying to to hammer through the point of uh, the idea of not conceding silly points or silly positions. So there was, a, a, for lack of a better word, a punishment system in place, the punishment being burpees for people who uh, conceded points when they shouldn't have, essentially really trying to develop that that inbuilt fight to to not let people establish positions mm. or to make sure that you establish your positions but you know other competition training is more stand-up focused or it's more mm. you know specific position focused or whatever yeah absolutely. but yeah it was definitely in terms of post lockdown class is the, the hardest class we've done so far yeah, yeah we only opened up two weeks ago yeah so i had a real real tough set of roles on monday night uh, mostly with uh, the likes of Samir and uh, and a few others, and then last night just 
nail. You went with some big boys. You rolled with. You had a good one with Samir. Did you have? You rolled with Eric. Yep. Our frequent listeners know who Eric is. Which fuck Eric. Yeah. I want to like you know the whole fuck Craig Jones hashtag. I want to get one. Like yeah, you said that yesterday. I'm stealing that. So good. Yeah. So I rolled with Eric. Joe as well. I rolled with Joe. I rolled with Ollie. I rolled with Samir. Like it was tough. You rolled with Carl, the big. No, no, I didn't roll with Carl last night. I rolled with him on Monday. Um, but yeah, I, I was just getting smashed. I lost, I'm, I'm going to be open. I lost every single roll. Last night. Oh, right? Except Joe and I, like it was a tie, but I, I conceded, I conceded his takedown um, and got passed, recovered. And then we stood up and then I did the same thing to him. So with the exception of that roll, uh, which was a tough roll, uh, I got, f- I got hammered. <laughs> I nice. smashed. Yeah. Yeah. Samir. You look like you're making, guard. you're making yourself trying to feel better about it today. This is a, for, for when there's a YouTube clip uploaded of this episode, you're the fanciest dressed you've ever been for a podcast. That's a brand new jumper, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm breaking it in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm going to, we, we're going to get into the episode. Soon. I was just thinking, I was like, we're five minutes yeah, in. We, we haven't, haven't even read. What shit. are we? Episode 33. Yeah. 33. So people yeah. are, people are still, well, they would have read the description. Man, they're, like, they've skipped to this yeah. point. Like, <laughs> they've, they've skipped. Like when the fuck are they going to, talk about something I'm, I'm interested in but no i'm like going to sweden um for christmas so. that is not going to keep you warm in no sweden. this is this is like a this is like one of the like second layers. because it'll be winter when you're there yeah, too right? so what i wear normally is like a um oh yeah dead dead middle of winter so normally what i wear is like thermal then something like this over the top or a shirt and then this then a what we would think of as like a jumper or like a, a, a light jacket and then a big winter jacket yeah, over yeah. the top. So it's like four or five layers. Yeah. And this is like one of them for wearing indoors. Yeah. The th- yeah. But the thermal is really what, what, what keeps you warm. Yeah. yeah. I remember like when I was living in Canada, like the thermal is, is like, you can't leave home essentially without yeah. thermals, you know, and then you can often get by with just wearing, you know, like the thermal skins as well for your legs and then a pair yeah. of jeans. Right. Yeah. That's sometimes what I normally enough. do. Yeah. But what I, what the most annoying part is then when you're, going in and out of places. Oh, yeah, it takes then 10 you, minutes. Yeah, because like you you rug up to go out mm. and then you walk into the supermarket and you're like, God, it's fucking boiling in here. But yeah. Fucking, yeah, yeah. But anyway, jujitsu. Yeah, today we're talking about why you're not being promoted. You specifically, you who is listening, why you are I not being promoted. I thought you were talking to me, why I'm not being promoted. I was like, oh, I'm just not good <laughs> enough, bro, I guess. <laughs> but you are being promoted. But we're talking about, we did a whole episode on that, like episode 30 or something. Yeah, um, not episode 30. That's uh, the, the Ask a Black Belt. Would have been episode like uh, 28 or something like that. Yeah, I think it was actually. Fuck, look at you go. You actually got something right. Is it, was it 28? No, it was nutrition. Shit. It was 27. Anyway, Shit, I was go back close. and listen to those. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're talking about why you, the listener, why you, yeah, I'm talking to you, you're not being promoted and what your coach or what a coach is looking for to promote each belt. So basically the format of today, we're going to go through and take a bit of a deep dive into uh, white belt to blue belt, blue belt to purple, purple to brown, and of course, brown to black from someone who has promoted each of those belts. So let's get into it. First, I mean, what's well, a be a short episode. It's all about the bribes, money. Yeah. You know, Straight you know, up. Yeah. So what is your price for? <laughs> yeah. So blue, be- blue belt comes in at the cheapest, of course. Right? No. How much are we talking about? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I am. Um, you, you name your price. I've got uh, a student who works in like property development and he's developing uh, like a bunch of apartments, right? A residential block. And they'll be really nice apartments far out of my, like in, in, when he first told me, I was like, Hey man, I'll buy one of those. Like I'll be, you, you can, I'll, I'll buy one right off the bat, you know? Cause you know how, when you buy property, if it's being developed, you can usually get it. Yeah, yeah. If you get in like right at the beginning. Right. Yep. And I was like, yeah, I'll be, I'll, I'll take the first apartment, blah, blah, blah. But it's like one of those, those blocks where the whole f- level is the one apartment opposed oh, to, damn. Yeah, so what are we talking? opposed to it being a three story building with like, six or 12 apartments in it or whatever. It's yeah. only three apartments, right? How much so, is the apartment? Oh, I don't know, right? I have no idea. But each apartment's like three, four bedroom in the eastern suburbs, right? I yeah. mean, it'll be like a- Millions and millions. Yeah, it'll be like a, I don't know, like a three yeah, to $5 million apartment. Yeah, it depends on where it is, but yeah. Well out of my price range, right? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I said to him, I was like, oh, bro, I'll give you like $20 and a black belt. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be worth it. <laughs> um, yeah, so- why aren't you getting promoted? I mean, obviously every instructor promotes at their own 
discretion, right? Mm. Some instructors promote very quickly, you know, or very easily. Some because you know, some instructors use it as a incorrectly in my, in my opinion, they'll use it as a way to 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 purchase their students. Yeah, we spoke about that and that you were saying that generally speaking blue belt is used for that purpose, right? Yeah, I mean it happens a lot. You see people get their blue belts relatively quickly slash easily particularly if you get it online yeah yeah how do you how do you how do you feel about uh gracie university and online blue belts i was was just mentioning like you can buy blue belts on scramble you can buy them you know (laughs) hyperfly man you can get blue belts anywhere why is i mean you can i got my black belt from ebay you can get them anywhere yeah amazon man amazon yeah yeah. um so some something you see it a lot you know because then to some degree you buy like some loyalty of your student. Like Mm. I know students who were moments away from leaving said gym, Mm. but then all of a sudden they got promoted and now they feel like- Well, that's a perfect time to leave. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So you see that another, there was a guy, I can't remember his name, but I remember like he was one of the sort of first kind of Brazilian black belt guys who went and lived in, moved to Canada and lived in Canada. And in the jiu-jitsu community to the educated jiu-jitsu community, he had quite a bad reputation because he gave out his black belts really easily. And uh, so it kind of in the beginning from a marketing point of view, it like spread his name because everyone's like, Oh, I'm a black belt from whatever Marcus. So-and-so black belt from Marcus. So-and-so. So like his name, Marcus, so-and-so like, you know, he kind of went for that marketing strategy where you just have how easy we a hundred. I mean, it's probably worth you booking tickets to Canada. <laughs> um, we're talking like a twelve-month bootcamp. Yeah, camp? What yeah. Are you, no, I'm. I mean, I'm at? not exactly sure yeah, specifically, right. but you know. So his marketing strategy was to flood the market, right? Wouldn't that backfire on him? Well, yeah, in the long run, it does because then people start going, you know, oh, you're a black belt from Marcus so and so, and you're terrible, yeah, right? That's it. But you know, the when we've spoken in other episodes or at other points in time where we talked about how to choose the correct gym. And I said, well, when you're, if you don't have a friend recommending you or anything like that, you just kind of got to go off faith that mm. the instructor knows what he's talking about, you know, cause you don't know if he's a legitimate black belt or not. Like where is your point of reference and that's as how, a complete beginner white happens, belt? Right? Yeah. Right. So if you're some dog shit black belt, you're still going to appeal to brand new white belts who have no idea. Right. Cause, cause they don't know like, Monday. Yeah, 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 I know, right. Mm. Uh, um, anyway, go. Oh, sorry, phone call. Uh, I've got to go. Right. Uh, yeah. So that that was. I remember Fabio talking about it. This guy, and uh, yeah, in the long run, it backfires. Okay. So every instructor is going to be different. I always say I try to hold students to a standard that I was held to, and there's kind of for me there's three categories that students fall into they fall into one of the three or multiple of the three right but and depending on which category they fall into is going to change the way I grade them right and I've said this before but I'll I'll say it again so the average person trains jujitsu as uh you know a hobby or two three times a week or whatever right are they ever going to go on to become world champion? You know, no, right? Because jujitsu has grown enough that if you want to reach that level, it's got to be a full-time job. But they still want to progress, right? So it would be unfair to hold them to the standards to say like, oh, well, for you to be a blue belt, you know, or like for me to give you your purple belt, you've got to be essentially winning worlds at blue belt. No, man, like that guy's never going to win worlds at blue belt because that's not the reason he trains, right? But he still wants to progress. So – if you're in that category, you're going to be graded a certain way, right? The second category would be people who who want to compete. And then I think it's only fair to them that there is some level of correlation between their competition results and, and their belt. I'm not saying that means you need to be a blue belt world champion to get your purple belt, but I mean, you know, that they need to semi be progressing side by side to some degree, right? Back in the day, actually, um, Jacare told me that 
So Jacare is Fabio's instructor, right? And Jacare is a black belt from Holes Gracie. Like, you know, Jacare is one of the few non-Gracie, uh, non-Gracie people who trained with like the original Gracies, right? And he said back back in his day, you to get your next belt, you had to win what was essentially the Worlds at the time was like a competition in Rio. But there was only like one competition a year or I think maybe two a year, right? And you had to win that to get your next belt. So you had like one shot a year to win a competition to promote, right? And then over time they realized like, man, no one is changing belts. Like, you know, so then they started, then it kind of trickled to, okay, you've got to make the podium in the competition to get your next belt. And then obviously what hasn't remained that way, but imagine if it did, right? Like imagine if you had to, be the best in the world at that belt before you got your next belt, mm. you would have worldwide, like, you know, well, okay, across the weight divisions, but you would have, what, there's like seven different weight divisions. You would only have seven blue belts become purple belts per year, <clears throat> per year worldwide. Like it's ridiculous, right? Mm. So, but anyway, if there needs to be at least some correlation, like if you want to be a competitor, it's not fair to you if I go, oh, Kieran's at the level of a, brand new blue belt, here's a purple belt, right? And then like throw you in to compete against purple belts. Yeah, there can be, you know, on on the one hand, you will still learn something because you're getting thrown in the deep end, like a bit of sink and sink or swim mentality. But, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. The third category would be people who want to be instructors, right? And this is where people can either be, people are either like, you can be a hobbyist, uh, on its own, or you can be a hobbyist who wants to be an instructor. You can be a competitor on its own or a competitor who wants to be an instructor. Like an instructor can, you know, depends on the individual. And then that is going to require, you know, a deep understanding of the knowledge of jujitsu and, and the, the techniques themselves. Right. So after that long rant, okay, they're the three categories that I consider the students fall into. And depending on which one of those you fall into. It's different standards in different It's areas. different standards, right? So, yeah, the easiest one to sort of kind of take out of the conversation for the rest of the episode is, like I said, uh, is competitors. Because, yeah, there's gonna, there needs to be some correlation, right, to between your, your, your belts and your competition performance, okay? So, yeah, if you're a purple belt wanting to get their brown belt and you've done, you know, 20 competitions at purple belt and every single competition you've lost your first match. I'm not saying you need to get to a point where you're winning every match where you're becoming world champion, but you know, like there's, you know, it's either time for that person to maybe reassess their, their, the possibilities of what they, what they can achieve. Right. And maybe they need to become more of a hobbyist, right? Like maybe it's just, same as for me, right? Like I wanted to become a world champion. It just never happened, right? Like not everyone can achieve the goals they set, right? Uh, or they need more time at that belt, okay? So the, the harder one to give definitive answers on is the, is the hobbyist, okay? And for me, if we go, let's start with white belt, right? Firstly, there's a certain amount of attendance that needs to be done. That doesn't mean you just do X amount of classes and you get your blue belt. No, it just means I need you to do a minimum amount of classes because it's not possible for you to learn the information that I require you to know by doing less than that number of classes. Like it's just not possible, right? So if the number was hypothetically like 50 classes, which it's not, but let's say it was, Right, like I know that if you've only done twenty classes, like it's not possible you that you haven't done enough, you haven't attended enough jujitsu for you to know what I want you to know to become a blue belt, right? But without going over exactly what is in a, a, a blue belt test, and we can talk about belt tests, and because not every gym does belt tests, right? Uh, without going through what I put in the belt test, from white to blue it's not a huge jump, right? Like it's something that is awesome to achieve but I, and I don't want to take away from anyone who's achieved their blue belt, but it's definitely not the hardest. Like it's the easiest belt to get. Which it which, should be. Which right? it should be, right? You know? Makes sense. It's um, the first colored belt. Exactly, right? And so it's not that difficult to obtain a blue belt, right? And, you know, 
in all seriousness, us sitting across from each other, people know by now, like you train with me, you're a white belt. And it's like, well, you know, and you should know from the conversation that you fall more in the competitor category because you want to compete, right? Mm. So that doesn't mean if someone next to you at the gym who you smash every single day in the gym and I give them their blue belt, that doesn't mean I'm saying they're better than you. Like, I mean, you guys are on two different categories, like two different paths. Like there's no, it's not a competition between you and that dude standing next to you, right? But achieving your blue belt is awesome and I'm super proud of anyone who does it, but yeah, it's not the hardest thing. And what I think as a whole I'm looking for as to award someone a blue belt is, is really just laying that solid foundation of jujitsu of understanding like the the core principles of jiu-jitsu, what makes it work. So understanding things like leverage and base and applied technique, right? Uh, understanding you don't need to know a million takedowns or judo throws, but you got to know some takedowns. You got to know some, um, you've got to know like how to pull guard. You've got to know some self-defense techniques. Essentially you're looking for someone to know a little bit of everything, mm. right? So, you don't have to be super proficient at everything, but would I give a blue belt to someone who doesn't know a single side control escape? No, right? They're not there yet, right? Do they have to know 10 side control escapes? Of course not, right? But they need to know a bit of everything. And I often say like, if you break it into those core five positions of, of close guard, half guard, side control, mount, back control, do you know a little bit of each position, top and bottom? And I mean, that in a nutshell, is is like my blue belt test, right? And the blue belt test I take my students through. And some people listening might think belt tests are stupid. I used to think belt tests were stupid, right? But it's it's a great way to really test if someone knows something. For me, as more of a like I really like the strategic side of jujitsu, I think it's important people know. And I think I'm going to give an analogy that I didn't come up with, which is a shocker. I usually come up with my own analogies, but a perfect way that it was explained to me once was the similarities between learning jujitsu and learning a language. You know, you get some guys who are world champions in jujitsu, but when you ask them questions about jujitsu or if you see them teach jujitsu, it's, it's no different to asking a native English speaker to teach you English, right? Like they, they don't know. I mean, yeah, they've learned some grammar and stuff through school, but like they're not an English teacher. They just do it because they're native. It's natural for them. Whereas I want my students, especially if it's a student who's wanting to become an instructor, I want them to be more like an English teacher. Like I want to be able to say to them, why is this sentence structured like this? opposed to them just saying, well, it just is, because it sounds weird if you say it the other way, right? Right, so you're saying when when you teach a technique <laughs> or w whenever anyone is teaching a technique, there'll be some things they say like, ensure that you put your hand here, right? Or yeah. make sure you get this grip before you release that grip. And then if you have someone that asks, like, you know, the white belt, but why? Why? And then they're like, oh, just because. Yeah. And that is not sufficient. You need them to then go into the detail. Well, no, you need this grip first to block yeah. their hips. Otherwise they'll regard. Or exactly. Like what the question I always ask, right? Like when we're teaching a like side controlled amount and I kind of always ask everyone Which, like, like what's, what's, the, what's most the most important detail? Okay, yep. you got to control this arm because what yes. happens if you don't? They get half guard, then yep. take you back, yep. right? So they're things that even a white belt doing a blue belt test, I want them to know. Yeah. Even if it's someone who doesn't want to be an instructor, there's some stuff that I'm like, there's for me, zero wiggle room, you know, like you got to know this and especially certain things that safety's involved. Like, oh, you got to know X, Y, Z, because otherwise you can seriously hurt someone. Or right. if you don't know it, like you can get hurt or there's certain things where you can hurt yourself. If you don't understand the mechanics of how a technique's working and yeah. how it's being applied. My mind's going to leg entanglements. There. Leg entanglements, yeah, super complicated. Example. But even things like, you know, uh, uh, let's say, let's say like a shoulder roll, right? Mm, yeah. a, a movement that people learn in their first class but why do we roll diagonally across our back and come up on the opposite hip? Well, because A, we don't want to hit our neck. Like if you think about it, do a shoulder roll on the concrete 
and then answer those questions. Well, because we don't want our head to hit the ground. We want minimum contact with our spine in the ground and we want to come up on our glute because if we come up with our hip square, our tailbone hits the concrete, which yeah. hurts, right? Yeah. So it's the reason why, you know, you look at how a stunt performer falls over or parkour guys who run and jump and then roll out of it. Like it's because it's the safest way to roll, right? You know, and you might think, well, oh, that's silly. Like I'm never going to train jujitsu on concrete. Yeah, of course not. But I mean, it still doesn't mean you don't learn how to do it correctly. And these are things where I, for me, there's zero wiggle room. Even if you don't want to be an instructor and you're just a hobbyist, you need to know this, yeah. right? So that's what I'm looking for from white to blue belt. I'm like, okay, you've done enough classes that you, you've done enough classes to have learned this information. Now I want you to do a, 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 a blue belt test because I want to make sure you know it. Because yeah. sometimes you might know something, but when someone asks you, show me this, you go, oh, oh shit. I remember when I did my brown belt test and um, I was at the point where I was, like I didn't do a blue belt test or purple belt test because I was more like of a competitor, right, at those belts. So, so do you get your competitors to do blue belt tests? <laughs> look at you. <laughs> look at you. <laughs> um, I mean, you're a special case, Kieran. So, um, you do two tests. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not going no comment, right? <laughs> all right. All right. You keep your secrets. Shift your um, little, but yeah, shifty little man. <laughs> but so Fabio didn't, I didn't do belt tests for my blue or purple belt, but I did for my brown. And I was quite happy to actually because, I mean, initially when I was asked to do it, I was a bit, that's bullshit. I didn't yeah, have why, to do Why do I need why, to be yeah. tested? But then I was like, you know, I'm actually glad because as someone who's working towards opening a gym and yeah. one day, I was like, how can I put people through belt tests if I've never done one myself? So I remember when I was doing my brown belt test, it was actually Michael Lange, who's now the the – partner with Fabio now owns part of Alliance Sao Paulo, the gym that I'm from. And, and Lange was an instructor when I was there, but now he's the head instructor because Fabio's, you know, obviously he's been teaching for multiple decades, doesn't teach that much anymore. Lange's the head instructor. And so Lange was doing my brown belt test with me. And I remember halfway through, I was doing side control escapes and I know them, but halfway through the test, like Fabio walked in the room and just started watching. And just that then he was there. I was like, uh, uh, and I like forgot everything I had to do. And Fabio <laughs> was like, I'll, I'll leave you to it. And he walked off. And I was like, yeah, fuck off, dude. <laughs> you know, like, I can't concentrate with you watching over me. You know? So, you know, I think that's important as well. When people are like on the spot and it's like a pass or fail, yeah. you know, it's, I mean, it's like a lot of things, right? You know, like – if you're a skateboarder and I, and you can do kickflips all day long, but then it's like, man, do a kickflip now. And if you land it, I'll give you such and such. Yeah, like when it, dollars. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. then the stress kicks in, right? Yeah, you start doubting yourself. Exactly. Mm. Blue belt to purple belt is a much harder belt, right? Like it's yeah. blue belts, uh, I think it's quite well known to anyone listening, but for people who aren't into jujitsu who happen to be listening, blue belt is notoriously the hardest belt. It's, uh, people get stuck on that belt as well. Not not yeah. even people that like I know the blue belt blues is yeah. a thing, and we've spoken about that. People quitting. Yeah, not we even, did an episode on yeah, on why people quit. We did, we yeah. did, and we spent a lot of time drilling down into blue belts. That was one of our earlier episodes. Uh, so I've seen or I know of blue belts that just get stuck at that belt for like five six years. Yeah, what's the yeah. go? So. Yeah, like let's say it's someone who's not quitting, but they're still stuck. Like then mm. they haven't been able to, they've done their, you know, minimum amount of classes, right? And they haven't been able to make it over into that purple belt range. Again, if we're just talking about the hobbyists, right? Mm. So there could be two factors from my point of view. One is there's someone who's actually just, potentially not retaining any of the knowledge, like they're not investing the time into really knowing it. Maybe they don't want to be an instructor, but that doesn't mean they still don't need to know shit, right? I still want them to understand if, if it were learning English. I still want them to understand the grammar and stuff. I just don't expect them to go on to become an English professor. I can right? see how that, that happens because when – I just want to riff for a second. When I first started as a white belt, everything that I learned was new – so as soon as I learned a new technique, it went straight into my arsenal. And because I only had, you know, one or two things I knew, I just started practicing whatever you taught. Yeah. 
However, as time over time, is, you've realized exactly. that multiple techniques I teach are garbage. Exactly. So you know, you know to filter out the crap ones exactly. and retain the. Yeah. No, but <laughs> without the, that is the exact point I'm making. Not that they're garbage. That it's like, oh, okay, but you can lie to yourself. Oh, I don't need this. This you, doesn't. Yeah, apply, this yeah. doesn't apply to my game. Like I, I fell into that trap whenever we were doing like lapel stuff, which I do now, by the way. Like early days, I'm talking the first six months arrogantly as like, oh, well, I'm, I, I don't really use that in my game. So I'm going to spend more time on the other stuff. Yeah. However, that is not the correct approach. And I think that particularly in the more senior blue belt, and I'm just speaking, you know, thinking out loud here is they would have a very select game, right? They would have a few techniques that they like to implement. They would have a few things that go to their A game, right? And they would, most of them that fall in this category would spend vast majority of their time during roles emphasizing and working on those techniques and neglecting to practice all the new things that they've learned. So of course they're never going to be able to retain it. Yeah. Or at least, you know, they need to be, yeah, I like they don't necessarily need to drill it or practice it. Right. But you know, they need to try to retain that information because it's easy, like you said, to kind of think, oh, I'm never going to use it. That's not applicable to me. You know, me as a bigger guy, like someone who's almost two meters tall, like six foot four, there's plenty of techniques that are more like, you know, little person techniques. And, you know, and there's techniques that I'll teach that I'll even teach it saying, guys, this really only works if you've got super long legs mm. in relation to your opponent, like mm. I do, right? Uh, and because that's also the beauty about jujitsu, you find what works best for your body. But when I teach, let's say I teach a, a technique that kind of requires you to have quite long legs, yeah. right? When I teach it, I specifically say to people, I know there's a bunch of you here that don't have long legs and won't be able to do this, but you best learn it because what if your opponent has long legs, yeah. right? I'll give you the perfect example, right? Uh, ben Hodgkinson is a, is a black belt out of um, absolute MMA from Lockie. I've... Never really trained with Ben, but I've met him a bunch of times. He runs, like, helps run the grappling uh, industries competitions here in Australia. And, yeah, I, I've never really trained with him. But from what I've been told from uh, JT, who was on the, the podcast recently. 29. Yeah, episode 29. Uh, Ben's game, despite coming out of absolute MMA, he's not really a leg locker. Like he likes to pass and take the back and finish from the back. But you'd be lying to yourself if you thought he wasn't educated about leg locks. Because if, yeah. he, if, he, um, if he weren't educated about them, he would get leg locked all the time. Yep. You know, it's the fact that he's educated about leg locks that allows him to do his game, which from what I'm told is more passing, take the back, yep. you know. So I definitely have to agree in my limited experience that if I'm going against an opponent that's using a technique that I like, it is a lot easier to deal yeah. with. It yeah. is so much easier because I know what – is going to trouble them because I do it myself and yeah. I know what troubles me in that exactly. position. Yeah. So, yeah. So a, a blue belt who hasn't, who's, they've been blue belt longer than the minimum time requirement. They've done the minimum amount of classes. There's still, you know, yeah, they've been there five, six years or whatever. So they're not, they haven't quit. Their dedication hasn't wavered in terms. Of they're still doing their three classes a week or whatever. For me, it's either going to be, yeah, they're either, not retaining any of that information and you know there could be multiple factors maybe i'm or maybe i'm a bad instructor or the instructor teaching isn't no like legitimately okay, right like yeah, because yeah, fair enough. i'm just saying as a whole yeah. maybe it's because the instructor is not relaying that information very well right there's you can there's good teachers and bad teachers in everything you know some teachers don't give you the information in a way that you can digest it right so that could be a factor right uh, or it could be that they're, they're still not performing at, you know, at the level they need to. They're not a competitor. So that means they don't have to beat every other blue belt, you know, and be beating the, the purple belts or whatever. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with tapping to a lower belt. That's fine. Everyone should be humble enough for that to happen. But if you're, let's say, for example, you're a blue belt who thinks that like they're any day now they're going to get their purple belt, yet you still get your ass kicked by that one stripe white belt. Mm, man, like there's a bit of like, no, I'm not saying 
if you're a blue belt who gets tapped by a white belt, that's going to be a big cross like, oh, he's not ready for his purple belt. That's not what I'm saying. But I mean, as a whole, if you're the four-stripe blue belt who just like can't beat anyone in the gym except the day one white belt, I mean, there's something off, right? Mm. But there's, man, there's so many factors to consider, you know, is that blue belt someone who picked up jujitsu when they were already in their late fifties and that one stripe white belt they're losing to is a 17 year old. I mean, that's a different situation, right? But uh, yeah, if you want to sort of simplify it, it's either they're not retaining the information, right? Or that they're still not performing as well as they should. I know they're not wanting to be a competitor, but it is a physical sport, right? So, you know, you need to be able to perform to some level, you know, and, depending on which one of those there is, you're going to take, you should take the appropriate steps to get there. And if you have a good enough instructor, they'll give you that feedback. Yeah. I was about to, that was, that was a question I was, I was about to lead into. If someone was to approach you, say a senior blue belt at your gym was to approach you and like, you know, Hey ads, um, I'm, I'm thinking about belt progression, not, not asking the taboo like, Oh, when's my next belt? But I'm thinking about belt progression. What do I need to do to improve, uh, to be at the next level. Yeah. That's appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I know there's probably, there's some people who would say, Oh, you can't even mention that to your instructor, blah, 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 man. Yeah. Fuck off. Like, I mean, if you don't ask, you don't know. Right. There's so many of those unspoken rules and you know, it's taboo to ask. Like, I mean, it's a bit awkward to ask, like, when am I getting my belt? Don't you think I should be this belt already? Blah, yeah. blah, blah. That's, uh, you know, I don't know, that's a bit weird because mm. uh, it is at the instructor's discretion. And I've said before, if you think about jujitsu gyms like universities, right, the the instructor you're getting your – like the university or school you go to has different standards. And that can even be in, in just regular primary schools, right? I know some schools where kids in year three have absurd amounts of homework and other schools that don't give any homework, right? Like everyone's different. And so if you're, if you feel like you should be a purple belt, but your instructor's not giving it to you, man, if you expect him to lower his standards for you, eh, no, man, it's like, if you don't like it, go train somewhere where it's easier. Mm. You know, if, well, if you, if you can't pass law at Harvard, go to bloody Blacktown TAFE and mm. become a lawyer, you know, yeah. like, I mean, it's different, different standards. Me personally, I like to think I'll never lower my standards. Like, and because I want to retain the the quality that I was held to and I hope I can continue to do that. But yeah, asking in terms of, man, like I feel a bit stuck, like what do I need to do? What am I missing? And I did have one student, a white belt, ask me that recently. And I said to him, I was like, man, it's just your lack of attendance. You know, I said, I know it's hard for you. You've got a very demanding job. You've got a wife. You've got kids. Like I know there's other factors, but – you know, that doesn't mean like I'm not changing my standards to, to cater to every single individual person's life's needs. You know, that's not how it works, right? And that's the beauty of jujitsu belts. Uh, yeah. Well, like, I mean, it's the also the, it. it's also the, I think it's just the beauty of having standards, right? I mean, again, the same as at school. Like, I mean, if you were trying to pass the bar to become a lawyer and you went there mm. and said to them, like, man, I've, you know, I know I've only come to one class opposed to five a week, oh, but my job and this and that, they're going to be like, well, dude, like it's pass or fail, you mm. know? Like I'm not going to then be like, oh, you know what, man? Uh, you're, I'm only going to require you to make a 40% pass rate. No, like, so um, yeah, but the fact that he asked me, like it's fine, I'm not offended by that. He's just like, oh, I don't know. Like what, what, like what do I need to do? And I said, man, you need to be here more, you know, like you barely train. Right. So that question is fine. Aaron, who's one of our purple belts, and he came over from another gym as a blue belt, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, so, didn't, I didn't know he came over at blue. <laughs> yeah. So he came over and I, I can't remember if he was already a four stripe blue belt. I think he was because when he told the other gym that he was leaving, they were all like, oh, but you're up for promotion, right? Are you sure you want to leave? Um, and he didn't leave in on bad terms. He left just because logistic-wise, like he moved, right? So it was just a bit far for him to go to the other gym. And he got to a point where it was either change gyms or quit jujitsu because he wasn't going to continue to make that drive. Mm. Um, and yeah, and I remember he did ask me, he was like, oh, 
I was up for my purple belt there. Where do you think I am? And I remember it was a bit crushing for him because I said to him, I was like, oh, Asbro, look, yeah, from my standards, like you're kind of at the point you're at, you're kind of like a, a, a pretty fresh blue belt. You know, like you're lucky to be a blue belt, mate. <laughs> fucking say that, white belt four But I was like, you need, you need a cup. You, you know, you need a. Uh, when I need a bit of time with you at blue belt, and I think he did. What was it? Maybe like a year or eighteen months or something at blue belt with me. So I think in total he did like five years at blue belt, something like that. Mm. But anyway, that's my standards. So um, asking that question is fine. If you have a good enough coach, they're gonna either tell you, man, you know, you're not performing. I don't need you to beat every single other blue belt and every white belt in the gym, but you're not performing at a, a well enough for all the other factors, <clears throat> excuse me, for all the other factors that I'm taking into consideration, like did you start jujitsu in your early 60s as a bonding exercise with your grandson? I don't know, right? Like, or are you a 17-year-old? Like, I'm going to take those into consideration when I'm saying you're not performing where I would like to you to perform. There's no one standard of that's performance. That's right. right. Like it's, it's not like it's, a line in the sand and you've got to be here no, no matter what. It's that's right. Like right. It's, it's like I go, man, you're not performing. For me to wrap a purple belt around your, you know, 21-year-old ass and you're like a fit, healthy, jacked 21-year-old who, you know, you're not performing where I'd want, right? Or, man – you're mid-60s, you're not performing what I would want to see someone of your age to perform at, right? Uh, and yeah, or they need to buckle down and study a bit more. And maybe it's because they're not turning up enough or whatever it is. Mm. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. I feel sense. like I've done a lot of just like mindless rambling. No, I do have a question that this comes up often at white belt level. Um, and then – but. I just want to go through this question and then we can go through your standards for blue to, to purple. Just finish that off and then purple to, to brown and brown and black. So I get – I see this comment a lot and I have this discussion with, with white belts a lot and it will be something along the lines of I've been a white belt for a year or I've been a white belt for 18 months, whatever, somewhere around that minimum time, air quotes, and I'm smashing um, the other uh, blue belts in the gym or even like I'm a white belt one stripe and I'm smashing the four stripes. Yeah. Why aren't I being promoted? This is bullshit. I'm tapping out blue belts, yeah. but I'm 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 still a white belt. Yeah. So I'll I'll give you uh, an example. Our our friend fuck Eric, right? Yep. So Eric's God, how many stripes? No, our friend didn't he? fuck Eric. We're saying that <laughs> we're saying hashtag fuck Eric. Yeah, yeah. So I think Eric's got how many stripes? Like three, three or, four? or four? Yeah. And again, just just to summarize for people who haven't listened to the other episodes. Eric is quite a natural. He's like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, ex-professional basketball player, super fit, flexible, mobile, like not what you would expect someone of his frame to be. Very naturally gifted, has the mindset of a professional athlete. Mm. And um, like I had a purple belt from our gym message me and say, say, Adam, how upset should I be that Eric swept me past me and then submitted me, right? <laughs> and I was like, so – Eric can smash – like, you know, sometimes he smashes a purple belt. I'm like – but then if you were to say – if Eric's sitting there going, man, I'm smashing all the other white belts and some of the blues, sometimes I tap the purple belts, why aren't I a blue belt? In in Eric's case, if you're listening, Eric, right, which he, he does listen to the podcast. So, Eric, for you, if you're having that thought, why aren't you a blue belt yet? Man, yeah, you're performing really well but the, the knowledge isn't there yet. So like yeah, if, I, if I said to you, Eric, Eric, here's this brand new white belt, like, okay, you don't need to teach them perfectly, but if that brand new white, like if you're wearing a blue belt, by default, the brand new white belt knows you're more senior and will potentially ask you questions. And if, and if they're asking a complicated question, of course you're not going to know the answer. But let's say in Eric's case, if that brand new white belt looks to you as someone wearing a blue belt, because I've decided just to give it to you and they say to you, oh, Eric, man, when I'm on mount on the bottom, like I have no idea what to do and you and you can't answer that question, like that's not good because I wouldn't give a blue belt to, to someone who doesn't know at least one mount escape mm. or the fundamental understanding of like what's dangerous when you're mount on the bottom. So for Eric at the moment, it's like he performs really well. You know that. You roll with him almost every day. Mm. 
He performs really well, right? I mean, Eric's 40 now, I think. He's 40 years old. Man, Eric performs like he could be 20 and you mm. would go, he performs really well for a 20-year-old. Yeah, 100%. Like he's crazy, like he's a specimen. But the the knowledge- We is, have a man crush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do have a photo of him in that locket around my neck. <laughs> yeah. Like he, the knowledge isn't there yet, right? So- that's like sometimes when people are like, man, I've been a white belt for 18 months. I'm smashing all these people. I'm like, yeah, cool. You might be smashing, smashing them because you're just a specimen. But, yeah. you know, you, you don't have – you haven't got that – not the whole package, but there's a few things that need to be rounded out first. So there's more to belt progression than just tapping out someone at a higher belt than you. Yeah, for sure. Because if I tap mm-hmm. out like a – And the thing as well, right, like what if that blue belt or what if that purple belt you tapped out is – the purple belt who, yeah, started jujitsu in their late exactly. 40s and they exactly. do it once a week for fun. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've, you yeah, know. like I've tapped out a purple belt that was like 20, 25 kilos lighter than me, you know, and in their 40s. It's like, cool. Yeah. I'm like 26 in my athletic peak and I, you know, right, fairly exactly. athletic, you know, train every day. Yeah. It's not the same. It's, and you also okay. don't even know, was that purple belt having a bad day? Exactly. Was that purple they, belt? They could have been chilling. You know, they could have been resting. Yeah. Was that purple belt? you know, humble enough to not care. So he was trying a completely new new technique. And, you know, man, I do that all the time. I try a technique with someone, whether they're the same belt or a lower belt. And as it happens in my head, I'm saying, well, that didn't work. And I just get my guard pass or like I, that didn't work. And I land in a triangle, you know, like. Yeah. And sometimes like I, I might be coming into the gym with the intention. Okay. Today I'm going light. Like I don't really mind what happens and that can be very difficult for, for me to stick to that plan <laughs> because <laughs> I, don't get, say. <laughs> I get to the position where I'm training with someone that, you know, I, I normally need to go, you know, try to beat, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're at a, a, a fairly similar level, but in order to win, I need to like, you know, bring it. Yeah. And then I'll be in a position where I'm playing guard, which I, I don't normally like doing or something like that. I'm like, nah, fuck this. Cause I'm losing. Right. Yeah, so you, yeah. you switch. Cause in my arrogant sort of mind, I'm like, Oh, I don't want them to think that they, they fucking smash me. Yeah. When I'm, you, yeah. And right. I don't, and I don't yeah. want to be that I mean, guy. It's a classic competitor mindset. Oh yeah. Right? And, yeah. And you don't want to be that guy that I've thought about this, but have thought, better after the robbery. Oh, sorry, man. I'm just taking a rest today. Oh, those like, dudes suck. Like, what the fuck? Like, you don't need to say it. And if you say it, it just comes off like you're a fucking, you're a sore loser and you're just having a yeah. sook, right? That's so, so, it's so funny. Like, uh, jo- Joey and I had our first role post-lockdown the other week. And <laughs> Joey and I trained so much together. Like, we have such a good training relationship in terms of, you know, neither one of us cares who wins or loses or gets submitted or whatever. And we can train light. We can train suit. Like we can go hard, hard, hard. And Joey's, Joey's a brown belt, the yeah. senior brown belt. Yeah. Way. And we can go super hard with each other and there's zero animosity. And we had a role. It was like first role after lockdown. It started really flowy. Then it just turned into this super intense role. <laughs> and he was all like at the end of the role, he's like, bro, here I am thinking we're having a flow role. And you just like st- you know, come at me. And I'm like, bro, you came at me. And it yeah, was like that yeah, whole like- mutual like, escalation. Uh, you know, yeah, right. Yep. Like still to now, I feel like he turned it yep. on, but I know that he thinks I turned it on. And I don't know, maybe we turned it on at the same time. Yeah. I'm not sure, but it just turned into this full blown like, nah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same thing. But with no animosity, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. So we we have a, a, a black belt that's been training at our gym uh, recently, Carl. And he said- way he rolls particularly with lower belts is he'll match their their level yeah i try to do that when i'm when i'm like oh you know i'm just chilling see what feel it out blah 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 i try and do the same match to level but what i find is no matter what it just because you want to win and they want to win so regardless of whether it's a flow roll like it it just escalates so in order to flow roll by matching someone's level you need to concede yeah, or you yeah, or you need to be significantly more advanced than them. Yeah, you know? so you so, can yeah, yeah, you can understand. So you can like control the whole role. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That makes sense. So we've we sort of established the the blue to purple. It's you need to understand your fundamentals. You need to have everything everything that you're you're meant to have from white to blue and more and be performing to not a set standard for everyone, but a set standard based on the individual. So that's, that's what you're looking for. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Ignoring competitor and coach for now. Yeah. Just the the gen pop person, yeah. right? 
So what about just briefly purple to brown? Purple to brown. So that's a big step. Yeah, purple to brown. I, I because it's that you know brown belts that one before black. Yeah. So you know you could go you could look at blue belt being the okay I'm not brand new anymore. Purple belts like the okay you're intermediate. Yeah. Brown belts like advanced, but and then black belts black belt right. So so brown belts a big deal. So for geez, we got a few purple belts in the gym, so I'll have to be careful careful what I what I say. <laughs> but it needs to be that you know, without saying too much, it needs to be that little bit extra. You need to be doing not not a huge difference from blue to purple, but just at that next level. So you need to not only understand more techniques, but you need to understand them better. Again, I'm not saying you need to be a coach. A coach, like, you know, to get your brown belt, you need to, un- if you could say, you need to understand the techniques really well. But if you were then someone who wanted to be a coach, you would need to understand them extremely well. So even if you're not wanting to be a coach, I still want you to be able to understand the techniques and why and what and all this you know, so you need to understand more techniques and the techniques you know, understand them better, right? So, for example, when I do the belt tests, when I'm first explaining a little bit to a white belt who's doing a blue belt test how it works, I often give this example. I go, let's say you're doing your blue belt test and I ask you to show me a guard pass, okay? And you just do like a very sloppy leg drag. For hypothetically, you just do a sloppy leg drag and I'm like, okay, like that's more or less fine, right? I'm just looking for you to know a guard pass. Then you're doing your purple belt test. Okay, that sloppy leg drag isn't going to cut it. That leg drag better be way more precise, okay, in terms of, you know, what's happening with your leg and knee and where's their leg and, you know, where's your drawstring grip and all these other factors. Then your brown belt test, the leg drag needs to be executed, you know, as well as it was at purple belt, obviously, or better, but I would like that a purple belt, you can already, from a physical point of view, execute it air More quotes or less perfectly. perfectly yeah. So yeah. at brown belt, there doesn't need to be a huge difference in how you're performing it physically, but like if at any point I said, why do you have that grip? What happens if you don't have that grip? And why is that hand there? Like I would need you to know that, right? Um, and then, yeah, you still need to be performing as well. So it's... Let's say if I said when you're going blue to purple, okay, you don't need to be, you know, smashing every other blue belt and everything, but I wouldn't want to see you losing to to one-stripe white belts. I mean, if you're a purple belt who's about to get your brown, I mean, I kind of wouldn't want to see you losing to any white belt, you know. Like there's obviously – there's always exceptions to the rule. Like, oh, that white belt, yeah, I forgot to tell you, he's an NCAA Division One wrestler. My bad. Right? Like, I mean, obviously there's always exceptions to the rule and some people as well are just from a different planet, right? Like a white belt can come in and towel up a black belt hypothetically, right? But yeah, I would want to see you, it's not a huge difference from that blue to purple, that purple to brown, but it's just that next level up, you know? I, I want to really see that, you fundamentally understand what you're talking about, you know, when I think there's there's no wiggle room for you not knowing the answer to very basic questions. You know, man, I'm not going to put a brown belt around your waist if you need to um and ah when a white belt or even a blue belt asks like a very basic question. What's an example? Like a basic question like, you know, uh, how yeah, well, I don't know, how do I escape side control or like, you know, how do I – how do I tighten up a triangle or why, okay, yeah. do, why don't I cross my feet? Why do they say not to cross your feet when you do an armbar? You know? Okay, right. Right? Which are super basic questions or like, you know, man, if, if you're – I would never put a brown belt around your waist if you still flare your elbows when you do a cross collar choke. Like, man, these are right, basic yeah, things, yeah, right? Yeah. They're mistakes that potentially blue and purple belts may still make, right? But, I mean, I am putting a brown belt around your waist if you don't know those things, mm. right? Because for me, they're super basic and fundamental. And if you've been doing enough classes and training with me, like, you should know those. Yeah. And if you don't, me individually, I know it's not because I haven't taught you. 
because I know the way I teach. Mm. You might come from a gym where they don't teach you well. And I mean, that's on that gym, right? But I know for me personally, I teach those things correctly, right? And, and I explain them correctly why, and, and the why. Yep. So I'm not putting the brown belt around your waist if you haven't retained that information that I've told you. For me, I need to see you teach, depending on the technique, of course, but I need to see you teach a technique probably about three times to feel confident with it. Like, Yeah, because each time there'll be different detail, new. right? A perfect yeah. example. I, I'm, I may have mentioned this before, but and this is something I'm still bloody not quite there with, um, but the hip bump sweep. It's, it's one of many, but just an example. I've, I've probably seen you teach that about three times now, and if, every single time... I pick up something. Ah, that's why it's not working for me. Ah, that's why this isn't, this isn't working. Or like if you teach a technique that I'm really familiar with, which I love because then I learned those one percenters, right? Like uh, a prime example over under, you did that in the first week back. And that is something that we were working on before and during lockdown. Um, And when you taught that again, the over under, I was like, Fuck yeah, because yeah. I or, picked up all these yeah. one percenters. Or even if maybe then when I teach that over under, maybe I don't mention a, a new detail for you, right? Mm. All the details I mention in that. Right. Oh, you don't that give, would be identical, yeah. Yeah, because you don't, you don't tell every detail when you teach a technique. Otherwise, yeah. you'd spend 40 minutes yeah. teaching one technique. Uh, so maybe in that particular class, I don't give you a new detail, but then – it's another opportunity for me to watch you drill it mm. and like and correct you, or mm-hmm. it's another opportunity for you to drill it. And then while you've got your three minutes or whatever to drill, you can ask a question. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. hey, I get in, in this position, like I did last right. night. Exactly. Ask you so a specific it's an, question. another opportunity to to improve that mm. same technique. Mm. So yeah, so that's what I'm looking for at Brown Belt. A better a level up from from what I look for from from blue to brown in terms of, yeah, there's no, but it is that next, like, man, you're then advanced. Like you're wearing that one belt below black. You might not feel like you're this senior person, but all those belts mm. below you are go, going like, oh man, like brown belt, like that's no joke. Mm. And again, you don't need to be the toughest dude in the room or in the world, but I'm going to hold you, I'm going to want you to be performing at the standard that I believe you're capable of. And I want everyone to progress. But yeah, I've I've made my own, as an instructor, my own opinions about that individual and what they're capable of. And, you know, if if you're not performing to what I know you're capable of, right, it'd be the same as, you know, if you were my personal trainer and you know I can deadlift or whatever we're working on, you know I can do X, Y, Z, you know I can deadlift 140, let's say, for example, but then you, you see- deadlift me. 140? <laughs> I did once <laughs> with a forklift. <laughs> no, no. Um, but then you see me, let's say like maxing out at 80 kilos, right? This is a silly example, but you're going to be going like, man, I know like you're more capable of that, you know? Uh, and I think a good coach can see that. They can see whether you're like JT, when we had him on the podcast, I spoke about how much I enjoyed training with him. And I've done multiple types of training with James, whether it's strength and conditioning, whether it's mobility, whether it's jujitsu training. And he's really good at being able to tell with, and I don't know, well, this is one credit to his coaching ability, but also just that we've spent so much time together. Like he can tell whether I'm, you know, uh, being lazy or whether I'm maxing out, you know? So yeah, I'm going to want to see that you're performing to the standard that I think you're capable of. Cause I want the best for you as well. So here's the million dollar question. Brown to black. Brown to black. Yeah. So then that's a, I think the best way I could summarize that again, aside from needing to then know another level up from those same requirements of, of, mm. of, blue to purple, purple to brown. Black belts, for me, something something more special. You don't, you don't need to want to be an instructor or be a competitor. You know, I said there's those three categories. You might only be a hobbyist and only ever be a hobbyist, but if that hobby has not become a fundamental part of your life, you know, I don't really want to give you a black belt. You know, it's... Uh, it's not a box box ticking exercise. In yeah, other words. that's like, right. Like, yeah, my life goals. It's like yeah, achieve achieve 
black belt in yeah. jiu-jitsu. And that's not to say that I'm sure one day I'll have black belts who then go on to never train jiu-jitsu again. You know, like it's inevitable that that would or could happen, even if it's against their best interest. Like life happens, right? Maybe they move somewhere where there's no gyms. Maybe they have a, you know, jiu-jitsu ending yeah. injury. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, like what happened? Uh, their mum gets sick and they got to move to, I mean, yeah. anything can yeah. happen, right? Or maybe they just fall out of love with it. That could happen too. Yeah. But, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I think it's something special. At least it was super special to me. And short of other real world achievements, like like my wife and my son, you know, it is the single greatest achievement I've ever obtained. You know, it's the thing I'm the most proud of, you know, and I, I'm only going to hand it out to other people who I feel it means something similar to them. You and know, of I course think, I they think have you, to meet all of the other expectations. They need to be at that standard. They need to be obviously, you know, performing at where you expect. So all yeah. of that is, is and, a caveat. Yeah. And, 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 and then some, because even right. if you're someone who never wants to be an instructor, Man, people are going to look up 100%. to you as a black belt. There's no way you get away with being a black belt and people not asking you questions. You're like the default instructor yeah. at that point. You're a yeah. default even coach. If, yeah, even if you don't want to be, people mm. go like, that dude's a black belt. Yep. And they are, you know. So you better know all that stuff too. Mm. Again, I'm not going to hold you to the standards of someone who wants to be an instructor. They're being held to this like, man, you better really know your shit. Opposed to like, you just got to know your shit. Because at that point, if you award someone a black belt that you know they are going to be an instructor, you want to be in that position where you can put them as a head instructor of a gym. Pretty much, yeah. 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 Like I don't want to – Oh, another way that – this is what Fabio used to always say. He goes – and I and again, I try to hold the same standards as I was held to. Fabio would always say, when I look at a student and I go, and I go that guy's ready for his blue belt, he goes, that's the point where I then go, I'll wait a little longer. So he waits until he's at a point where he goes, they're ready for their belt. And once he gets to that point, he then waits an undetermined amount of time more. Mm. So, you know, and especially for his competitors, like if you're a blue belt going to purple belt, again, he doesn't necessarily go, I want you to, your first match as purple belt, be the best purple belt in the world. But he's like, I want to give you your purple belt so you can go in as a competitive purple belt. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're, you're still room to, to grow and everything, but I don't want you to go in at the very bottom of the tank of purple belts. I want you to go in as a competitive purple belt and have the potential to win. Makes perfect right? sense. So I do do that as well. Like you've got it. So when you think about, yeah, someone, would I expect them to be in a position to go on and be a head instructor? Yeah. Like, I don't want to give you your black. If you want to be an instructor, I'm not going to give you your black belt and go, now your instructor training starts. Like, no, I, I'm going to, because I would have already gotten this guy's ready for their black belt. Now I'll wait a bit longer. Kind of reminds me of a Muhammad Ali quote where, um, he was asked, oh, how many sit-ups can you do? Yeah. And he said, I don't count my sit-ups. I start counting when it starts hurting. Yeah, I was thinking of that exact same thing. Because yeah, yeah. that's yeah. when it matters. And yep. it's kind of – It's the same. I mean, it's similar but different. It's like it's do, do like, the reps until it starts burning, then count your reps. Yeah, yeah so it's same, like, you know, thing. I'm not even counting until I'm like, you're ready. Mm. You could have that belt already, mm. but now I wait more because mm. I really want to make sure, mm. you know. And, yeah, I mean – I've seen so many people get their black belts and the waterworks come on. For most people, it's something super special, right? I've seen so many people cry when they get their did black belts. Did you cry belts. when you got your black belt? I did not. I Yeah, man. I, the, last, I'll, the last memorable time I cried was, <laughs> <laughs> was when I was a kid and I watched the movie Homeward Bound. It's the only movie I've ever cried in. This is, I mean, I think this was an old movie when I watched never it. never even heard of it. Homeward Bound is one of those movies where the main characters are, um, are animals. In this case, I think it was like two dogs and a cat, I right. think. Have you heard of Milo and Otis? Oh, that's even before Homeward Bound. Man, that's super like familiar, but I've not. Anyway, it's like the, the animals are the main characters and uh, they can talk amongst it themselves. They can't talk as in, you know, to the humans. Got you. But the, the premise of the movie is the 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 – two dogs and cats get lost from their home and they're trying to get back. And at the end of the movie, it's like 
one of the dogs and the cat, I think, right, they, they run over the horizon back, like back to the house yeah. and they make it look like one of the dogs doesn't make it. Right. And I remember I cried so much, man, thinking this dog didn't make it. And then the other dog comes up the, you know, brings it up the rear, like over the horizon. I was then like, was yeah, tears was, of joy. yeah, yeah, tears <laughs> of joy. So, oh my um, God. yeah, I didn't cry when I got my black belt. I didn't cry when Atlas was born. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I probably cried when I lost worlds or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know. It's okay it, to cry, everyone. It it's, is okay to it's cry. It's okay though, to cry. Yeah. But yeah, it's but something special. you do, spe- you're a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> but, it, but it's something special, right? Yeah. You know, I've seen, yeah, so many guys get their black belts in, while I was in Brazil and they just, man, they couldn't even, they couldn't even give their sort of, um, speech most of the time when yeah, people are awarded a, their black belts they give a little bit of a, to talk yeah, to an opportunity oh, thanks, to talk yeah. yeah and man so many of them they couldn't even put words together because they were mm. just crying so uh yeah you don't have to cry when i give you a black belt but it's got to, it's like i said when <laughs> yeah. i mean i mean ah oh, crap you know something special so yeah. i want that for my students too yeah. And, and for me, fuck, because, I might cry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm crying now because you know, at the end of the day, it's blue. my it's my, <laughs> it's my reputation, not on the line, but you know, yeah, you by default represent me to some extent, 100%. you know. So I want you to be, you know, again, you don't have to be the toughest black belt in the world, but if if that two stripe white belt knows more jujitsu techniques and the fundamentals of why they work and leverage and principles of jujitsu than you. Well, I done fucked up. Yeah. hundred percent. Some online Academy, some yeah. Ashton Kutcher fucking brown belt right here. God. Oh God. Give him a break, bro. No, I, fuck him. I like Ashton Kutcher. No, fuck you. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu shit. <laughs> fuck him. All right. Uh, so tune in next episode. We have Ashton Kutcher on the podcast. Yeah. 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 This, <laughs> no. this, this show is sponsored by Coca-Cola. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's a good place to leave it. Um, I know that all of your students present and probably future will need to, <laughs> it's advisable that they listen to this episode because <laughs> this is like the fucking key. But if, if you're in a similar position or you're, you know, maybe one of these things resonate with you or you have a follow-up question, we do Q and A's every 10 episodes. So the next uh, Q and A episode will be episode 40. If you want to submit a question to the show, you can do so around your belt progression or anything else. You can do so at our Instagram, which is at beyond jujitsu underscore podcast. And there's a link in our bio yeah. there. And do it in advance, guys. We actually record uh, due to our schedule. We yeah. record a couple of weeks in advance. Yes. So uh, I'm saying that now because I had a guy just message me this morning saying, um, oh, you know, question for episode 30, which hasn't come out yet at yeah. the time we're recording. Yep. Episode 30 is uh, ask, uh, our next uh, ask. It's already, it's belt, already up. By the yeah. time you're listening, this will already come out. But the way we record, mm. I'm like, bro, that's already been recorded and that like, episode yeah. is already about to come out. Yeah. You know, so your question won't make it till episode 40. So mm. send them in, guys. We, we hold on to the questions yep. and then, you know uh, – but yeah, the next one that is yet to be recorded, episode 40. So don't wait until you see us release episode 39 because episode 40 would have already been recorded. 100%. All good. All right. So thanks for listening. And until next time, see you. Wow, wow, wow.